Darcy was a control freak. That is until cancer forced her to take a different approach. Through surrender, honesty, and vulnerability, she was able to embrace the blessings before her. This is Darcy's story. This is the highway to healing. All right, Darcy, thank you so much for being on today's episode. You have really been through a severe challenge, I would say, you know, and and that's simplifying it, you know, finding the words to describe what you've been through uh, is going to be hard for me, but I would love for you to tell the listeners about the moment you found out about the severity of your cancer. Okay. Um, Well, there were actually several moments throughout the journey. Um, I mean, the the first moment was a phone call from the nurse that just said, um, your mammogram came back irregular, or we saw something on the mammogram. So we need you to come in for a biopsy. And I was like, Oh, that was kind of heart wrenching, you know, and, and just stop me in my tracks. I can tell you exactly where I was on the road at that time. Um, when that happened and then, um, you know, fast forward, did the mammogram and all that stuff. And then I was literally at lunch with my stepdad when the doctor called and said that I had breast cancer and I was outside, took the phone call outside and then went back in and sat down and tried to pretend and just, you know, keep having lunch with my dad and pretend like nothing was, nothing was wrong, but obviously that's not as easy to do. So, um, so I told him that then, and from there it kind of started and, and it just kind of continued because then you have to go, what's the next level? Like how bad is it? So then you got to go through all the tests to find out how bad it is. Um, so yeah, that was, that was pretty earth shattering. Right. So you find out how bad it really is. And as you find out the severity of it, where did, where did you go in your mindset? I mean, I think you'd shared with me that there were even moments where you're like, how do I get out of bed? How do I face the world? And so talk to us about maybe what one of those key moments were where you felt like, how in the world am I going to get up from this? (laughs) Yeah. Um, definitely had those thoughts. I, I just was like, where do we even start? You know, where, where do I even go from here? It's, telling my family, telling my boyfriend, telling my kids, um, just having to restate that thing all the time. It was just like, every time I said it was just like, I was getting slapped across the face again. And it was like, I'm so tired of, of telling that. Cause every time I told it, it got a little bit more real. So, um, my mind went everywhere. I mean, absolutely everywhere. I, I really learned the power of your mind and how scary it can be and how dark it can get. Um, and how basically it was all up to me to get my mind out of that spot and to just go, you cannot go down that rabbit hole. Cause you don't know the answers. You can't go down. I mean, you know, you would try to, my mind would try to just bounce from one thing to the next and trying to plan and anticipate. And you can't plan or anticipate anything when you're going through that. You just have to be in the moment and literally sacrifice, um, or maybe sacrifice isn't the right word, but, um, well, surrender all control 
because you have none. And that's frightening. <laughs> it was frightening for me anyway. And you've described yourself as a recovering control freak. Yes. <laughs> so how did your journey with cancer help you to release or reconfigure that mindset? Um, because I, I was always of the mindset, you know, being that type A plus plus personality that I am, um, that if I had everything figured out and if I had everything lined up and if I planned everything, that it was silly of me to think that it was going to go as planned and it was just going to be great. And I was going to have a great life and, you know, be healthy and happy and whatever, all of those things. Um, and then this happened and it just kind of completely threw me off course. And, but then I got stubborn and went, no game on. Like I'm, I'm bigger than this. I'm better than this. I, you're not going to win whatever I have to learn. I'm going to learn. And obviously that's one of the biggest lessons. I feel one of the life lessons in that journey for me was to just let go of that idea that I had any control at all, because every, every doctor's appointment was different. Every doctor's appointment maybe answered one question, but then you had 10 more. And, and so you never felt like you were fully informed and fully had a grip on what was actually taking place or, or what, what you were really going through. It, it just was literally minute to minute. Right. And so many people listening identify with being control freaks or, you know, they, they might not want to call themselves a control freak, but they, <laughs> but right. They like to know what's going to happen. Who's going to be involved, what day, what time. And you're yes. right. When you're faced with something so life altering as cancer, you can't plan. And, and I know that you have children, right? And you're not only having to make decisions for yourself, but you're having to make decisions for them. And being in a place of surrender is not always comfortable for people. So do you find that when you had the mentality of needing to be in control and having to switch to a place of surrender, do you feel like you kind of had to fake it till you make it? Because your, your tendency was to try and control. And so you're talking about this warrior energy of like, no, I'm taking this head on. I'm, I've got this. I'm going to tackle this and I'm going to get through this. So was it pretty immediate and natural for you to go into that mindset? Or did you have to kind of give yourself a pep talk to get there? It depended on the day. It really depended on the day. And it was just an everyday thing. And, and sometimes appointments were discouraging and you had to dig yourself out of that hole a little bit. Um, and then other days I just, I was pretty resolute in my position of, Hey, I'm, I'm going to get this and, and, and I'm going to do this and it's going to be great. And I really felt like, you know, I, everybody was looking at me and to me to be strong and I needed to be strong for my kids and my family and my boyfriend and, you know, all of, cause they're all scared. You're looking around at them and they have that look of fear um, so of course, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. I have never been in your shoes, but I can tell by your energy and your emotion and your story that it changed everything. But, uh, I, you know, I appreciate your vulnerability and you sharing this. You mentioned to me before that your body went through a complete overhaul with the surgery. And I know that being honest and being vulnerable were part of what you had to really handle and tackle as a part of your journey with cancer. So how did you handle 
showing up with your honesty and your authenticity when having to tell other people about what was going on with you? Um, it, it just kind of depended on the person. I, I told, well, I told my boyfriend first, of course, and I just called him from the car, of course, crying. Cause I would just was like, and we'd only been together for eight months. And so I thought, oh my gosh, well, you know, things just got real, really fast. And, you know, here we go. Let's hang on and see what happens. And, and he's been nothing but wonderful, you know, from day one with that. And then of course I told my kids next, um, I told them each a little bit different ways because I have two boys and a girl and my boys were, were older. They were graduated. Um, and my one was in the army in Italy. So I had to tell him over the phone. So that was hard because you can't really, you can't really see face to face or, I mean, we weren't, we weren't FaceTiming or anything. So I was trying to really anticipate his reaction and, and downplay it a little bit. But at the same time, you know, I, when I told my middle son, I said, I have a mass that needs to be removed. And he just kind of stood there and looked at me and he goes, but it's not that, is it? And I said, yeah, it actually is. Um, it is that it's, you know, it's cancerous. It's, you know, it is that for sure. Um, my daughter was in high school. And so she was just taking it a little bit differently. She's, they all took it like champs though. They absolutely, every one of them took it like champs. And we kind of joked about it. Um, cause that's just our personality. Um, we didn't like saying the word cancer over and over again. So we nicknamed it Cornelius. We're like, we got to pick a name that we don't like and no offense to anything named Cornelius out there, but <laughs> we just, we had to find something that we could just make a little bit of light of it to just sustain through the journey. And, and so we nicknamed it Cornelius because we just, like I said, every time you say that word, it's just like a gut punch and I didn't like it. So, so we just, we, we nicknamed it that, um, my parents were pretty supportive. My dad was like, you're fine. Like, it's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. You're going to get through it. And so most everybody was that way. Um, you know, but there were times when I didn't even know it, when I was telling them I had cancer, I didn't know how bad it was. I didn't know what stage it was. Um, and so, but it was just, it was pretty raw to have to go through and say that. And then I tasked my one sister, um, cause we've got a pretty big family. I tasked my one sister to tell some of our other siblings. Cause I was like, I'm so sick of sounding like a broken record and saying this, but at the same time, there were also a lot of friends and, and immediate cousins and stuff that I wanted to tell personally. And just, I thought maybe if I shared it with them and I came across strong and confident that I was going to be okay, that they would receive it better. And, and they would kind of fake it till they made it with me and help me fake it till I make it. So, and that's kind of how it went. It sounds like you have a lot of people around you that are champions for you and they want you to be happy and healthy. And from the read I get from it, maybe part of the blessing that comes with what you went through is you finding your voice and you speaking up and sharing your story with other people because your truth and your voice matters. And so I'm, I'm happy to hear that people around you were very supportive. And I love that you renamed cancer. I, I think <laughs> that that's beautiful. And uh, yeah, so you went through a lot with the surgeries and the surgeries were reconstructive in nature. And anybody that may be listening that has gone through a reconstructive surgery may be able to find a bit of themselves in your story. 
And you've mentioned even thanking cancer for what it brought to you in those blessings and the abundance. But how did you begin to love your body again? That was pretty hard, Um, you know, because it changed a lot. You know, I had eight drain tubes going out of my body for the first three weeks, probably. Um, I've got an abdominal scar from hip bone to hip bone because they actually, the procedure that I elected to do was called the DIEP flat procedure where they actually take your abdominal fat and rebuild breast tissue with that. And so I actually went through two pretty major surgeries at one time. I had one doctor working on the top and one doctor working on the bottom, um, and came together, you know, about 13 hours later. And so I was really scared to wake up from surgery because I remember reading in a book, somebody saying that the pain was pretty horrific. Um, so I was kind of afraid to open my eyes when I was in the recovery room and, and I, and I woke up going, okay, like I, I'm okay. I, I don't feel that pain. Um, but it, it was a long process and I probably don't, I love my body more now, but it's still taken a while. I'm two years cancer-free next week. Um, but you know, the scars have faded. Um, I just look at it like, Hey, you know what? I'm alive. Like I had to go through that to live. Um, I don't hate that. I have a flatter belly. (laughs) I don't hate that, (laughs) you know, things look a little different than they did before I went in. And, And so it's like, Hey, it wasn't all bad. Um, you know, it was, it was a very transformative process. It was amazing to me how hard that hit my body and how hard it has been to come back because the endurance is different. Um, you know, I've got lots of scars and different little things like that, but it's okay. I know that people listening, maybe going through something maybe similar to what you went through or another life altering event. And maybe they are finding themselves in their dark night of the soul right now. And they don't know how they're going to get out of bed or they don't know how they're going to face tomorrow. So if you could even look back at the Darcy that maybe first found out, what would you tell her? about what's coming, about the blessings that are going to unfold as a result of what you're going through? Um, just to try to enjoy the journey. I mean, I, I really truly believe that I was, I was put through that for a, a lot of different reasons. Um, and a lot of them were for me to figure out more things about myself, how I can be better, um, how I can learn. Um, how I can be vulnerable, which is not usually very easy. That was another really hard part of surgery was, was allowing others to care for me because I literally couldn't get out of bed by myself. I couldn't take a shower by myself. I couldn't do it. I could sit in a chair or I could go lay in bed. And I, that's pretty much all I did. Um, so learning to allow people to care for me was huge, but all at the same time, wonderful, because I know that it helped them feel like that was their contribution in, in my healing and, and in recovery because they probably felt pretty helpless for the most part. But um, I don't know. I just, I just, if I could tell anybody, just don't let your mind go down that rabbit hole. You've got to control it. Your mind is so powerful and it could be to your benefit or your detriment. And every day I had to remind myself which one it was going to be because, you know, you have good days and bad days. It doesn't matter or good appointments and bad appointments, but um 
um, just kind of keep your eyes on the prize and looking at the finish line and just visualizing yourself healthy on the other side, you know, it, it's overwhelming and it's scary as all get out. But at the same time, if, if you kind of keep your brain in check, um, and like you said, fake it till you make it, um, it usually works. I appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability today. And Darcy, I believe that by you sharing your story, speaking your truth, you have inspired other people and you have given other people hope. So thank you for being a part of this episode today. Thank you. You can connect with Darcy through Facebook. We provided the link in the show notes. Stories like this one are important to tell. It reminds us that even during the darkest times, we can always find light. We can always choose faith over fear. For exclusive content, please join my Spark Plug members only community and apply to be a guest on this show. Find out more at spiritandspark.com.